This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Yes, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here at Mariners Pod on Twitter. You can reach me at Gary Hill Jr. as well. I hope to hear from you all weekend long. I hope to see many of you this weekend at Safeco Field. Mariners and Astros seats, as far as I know, still available. Eight bucks, eight dollars for what should be should be awesome tonight. Felix Hernandez, happy Felix Day. The King takes the hill, taking on the Astros as the Mariners look for their ninth win in a row. We're going to take a look at the pitching matchups in just a moment. Nathan Bishop from Lookout Landing, one of our favorites, is going to be here. Fun conversation about what has been going on with the Mariners. That comes up in a few. Also, uh, I've been toying with a piece that I'm probably going to play this weekend, and I think you're going to get to hear at least a portion of the rough draft of it. So you get to – and basically it's some of the highlights from the eight-game winning streak. So it's a fun one to listen to going into tonight. And also I thought with the king on the hill – I would dust off one of my favorites to get you pumped up for a Felix start tonight. Feel free to listen to it like walking right into Safeco Field. I think that will be good timing. (laughs) So that comes up in a few minutes as well. So last night, the Mariners didn't play, but many things went their way. In fact, just about everything went their way except with one exception, and the exception was... The Blue Jays beat the Angels last night behind Jay Happ. Other than that, uh, just about everything went the Mariners' way. The Tigers lost to the Twins 5-1, to which is great. The Yankees lost to the Red Sox in amazing fashion. Hanley Ramirez walks off the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox win 7-5 to in dramatic fashion. The Yankees have lost two in a row. The Astros were off. Man, you want... I mean, baseball is such a strange game. The Mariners sweep aside the A's, and then the A's pound Kansas City. They sweep KC in a four-game series and annihilate them. As they won 14-5 to yesterday, the Royals have dropped four in a row now, and they are six full games back of the second wild card, which is amazing. So here's what things look like. Boston, Cleveland, Texas... Your division leaders, Baltimore has, well, Baltimore and Toronto are tied for the wild cards, both with identical records of 80 and 66. So the Mariners gained a half game on Detroit. So the M's and Tigers are tied 78 and 68. 
So now the Mariners tied with Detroit two games back of both wild cards, two back of Baltimore and Toronto. The Yankees now one game back of Detroit and Seattle. Houston two games back of Detroit and Seattle. So, I mean, it's right there. It's obvious how big this series is for the Houston Astros as well. They need this series in the worst way to keep their playoff hopes alive. So a massive series for both these teams. So the pitching matchups for today, Baltimore and Tampa will hook up again. Chris Archer on the hill for the Rays. Rays found a way to beat Baltimore last night. We'll see if they can do it again with Archer on the hill. Jimenez will take the ball for Baltimore. I think you like that pitching matchup as a Mariners fan. Yankees and Red Sox from Fenway again. Uh, Tigers will take on Cleveland. Corey Kluber who is, I think, one of the candidates for the American League Cy Young Award. And he's been pitching really well. He's going to go against Fulmer. So that is a tremendous matchup. Mariner fans, watch that one closely. Cleveland and Detroit. And Tigers have to play Cleveland a handful of times before the season is done. So that's good news for the Mariners. Also, uh, the A's will be at the Rangers, which probably won't affect things that much. The Rangers uh, have a nice... Nice, healthy lead in the West. Royals will take on the White Sox. Chris Sale on the hill for the White Sox. And the other one to watch closely, Blue Jays and Angels. Dickey against Weaver. And that one's going to start just about at the same time as the Mariners and Astros tonight. So that will be one to watch closely. Felix against McHugh tonight from Safeco Field. Felix Hernandez on the hill in what should be a sensational Atmospheres. The Mariners look for their ninth win in a row. Saturday, 6-10 first pitch, Paxton against Fires. And then Sunday, 1-10, Miranda will take on Doug Fister in game three of the series. And then the Blue Jays come to town for three. So a massive weekend at Safeco Field as the Mariners get set to take on the Astros in a three-game series. Hope to see you at Safeco this weekend. Here to talk about it now from LookoutLanding.com. You know it well. Nathan Bishop. Well, Nathan, this is going to be a fun conversation. (laughs) There is a ton to talk about on the cusp of what should be a sensational weekend at Safeco Field. And Before we get to that, simply, how much fun has this stretch been for you? It's the combination of winning and the complete reshaping of my expectations, Gary, because as Mariner fans, you know, so often we've been in a position where we have decided to look at September as this thing of, of what, what does this mean for next year? What, how are we going to carry this forward? This team has been so much fun and it's been so different in so many ways all year, but we kind of got to that point at the end of August with their, their slip and their slide there and see them bounce back with one more hot streak and a hot streak that we can go into a little bit a little later that's been better and different than anything they've done all year it's just i mean what a joy like we we haven't had we've had things close to this we haven't quite had this in over a decade it's been it's been phenomenal i've i've loved every second of it it's just amazing what's transpired. I mean, they're playing great baseball all the way around, eight wins in a row. But what's amazing when you look at it in the landscape of the American League, I mean, it was essentially a week ago. They were trailing the Astros by four games, and here they are 
essentially a week later, up two games on the Astros. All the other teams are falling by the wayside, and here they are right on the doorstep of the second wild card. Yeah, you know, I had somebody ask me today, do the Mariners control their own destiny? And at first I said, you know, they really don't because anytime you're out of a playoff spot, you feel like you don't control your own destiny. And then I remembered one of the teams in front of them, which is the Blue Jays, Mm -hmm. comes to Safeco on Monday. So in a lot of ways, they do control their own destiny. And, you know, we're at the point where I I think I had a conversation with uh, somebody on my staff today, which was basically I think they have 16 games left. Um, I might be a game off on that, but I think they have 16 left. So what if you took the way that you feel in an NFL season and compress that into two and a half weeks? And that's about what we're going to go through right here. And it's been amazing to see, like you said, not just that they've won eight in a row, but that nobody else has been hot. They're the only hot team of the wild card spot. And and, and now they've leapfrogged everybody except for the Orioles and the Blue Jays. And they have three against the Blue Jays starting on Monday in Safeco. It's just it's it's the thing that dreams are made of. It's it's beyond rationality. You know, the Blue Jays series, I find so funny because here you are the last month of the season playing the division, how you always do. And then there's just this throwaway three-game <laughs> random series against an Eastern team right in the mix, and it happens to be the Blue Jays who you happen to be trailing. I mean, could that have worked out any better? That's fantastic. It's just so crazy, and it's it's reminiscent of two years ago, uh, which was really notably the last time this team competed for a playoff spot. And arguably, for, for me personally, my favorite Safeco Field experience was two years ago in September when they played the Blue Jays with Felix on the hill, mm. and they had the lightning um, in the middle yes. of a huge inning. And they played Thunderstruck as the rainfall during a pitching change. And it's crazy to see that come around again. And it's crazy because, and I have nothing against LBJ fans. They they will come down here in droves and they will pack out Safeco Field. And that atmosphere tends to be really 50-50 and almost to draw a parallel, really similar to a big European soccer match. And I love that atmosphere. I think it's so fun. And to have that happening with both teams not only competing for a playoff spot, but for the same playoff spot, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. It really is. I think this whole homestand, and I am really looking forward to tonight. Felix Hernandez on the hill, eight games in a row. Houston Astros in town. I think the atmosphere is going to be sensational. I think the team has basically taken uh, every every combustible firearm that they have and shoved it under Safeco field for tonight's game. They've taken uh, a team riding an eight game winning streak, a team competing for a playoff spot, a Friday night. They have the Kings court. They have this phenomenal promotion that they've done where they've, they've announced $8 view seats for the entire weekend, which is an incredible value. I hope everybody takes advantage of that. They have college night. They have the Kings court and they have social media night. They have like five different promotions going on during arguably the, the biggest game that this franchise has seen in maybe a decade. So it's going to be just, it's going to be bonkers, and this city knows how to cause a ruckus. So I cannot wait for the atmosphere tonight. It's going to be it's going to be just absolutely electric. So, what are your expectations now for this six games after the 
won eight in a row. The starting rotation has been excellent. Their offense, I mean, they're just piling up runs. What are you expecting in these six games? Well, they, they lead baseball in run scored during September, and I think that's kind of been the team's calling card all year. When we look back on this season, what we're going to remember this as is the team that killed the Safeco Marine layer. Um, whether it's a one-year blip or whether it's the start of a trend, this is the team that proved you could score runs in Safeco Field. And I think that's what I expect. None of the Astros starters this weekend, I think they have Colin McHugh and uh, honestly, I forget the last two, but none of them are their, are their, their real great starters. They don't have uh, Dallas Keuchel going, defending Cy Young Award winner. And the starting pitching has been a weakness all year. And I expect this team to jump out and score runs. The way... If there's one thing you can take away from this team, it's Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, and Kyle Seager carrying the water all year long. They're all swinging the bat well right now, and I expect them to have a huge weekend. That That's what I expect. I want, if they can get four wins between uh, the Blue Jays and the Astros, that would absolutely set this team up for a blistering finish to the year and a sprint to a wild, to a wild card spot. No, you're right, and you point out the Rocks in the middle of this order. They've all been so consistent all year, and I think in this recent stretch in September, what's made them so tough is their lineup is incredibly long right now. When you look at the production they're getting from Marte and Martin and Oki out of nowhere, it, it's a very huge. You look at it from the opposition, it is a very tough lineup to pitch to right now. Oh, and especially against right-handed pitching, oh, it, yeah. Aoki finding his form in the second half is one of probably the most underrated storylines of this entire year. He's been as good with the bat as he's ever been in the second half of this year after a really disappointing first half. And, um, I mean, I, we've talked a lot about on our site about how really if Aoki's not hitting, he doesn't have a huge use to this team. And you've seen that they regularly are substituting now um, Guillermo Heredia or Ben Gamble into the corner outfield spots. Often they're doing both. Um, so they recognize that weakness in Aoki's game, but his ability to get on base and to set the stage. And then when you put a guy behind him, like Seth Smith, who's swinging the bat well and who, whether he's swinging the bat well or not, has this amazing plate approach. I mean, just a rock of, he will not get himself out. You will have to make your uh, real good pitchers pitch to get Seth Smith out. And then you, that's your lead. When that's your lead into Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Kyle Seager, you are, as you said, you're making the lineup long there. You are grinding pitchers slowly into dust and it's reminiscent of what we saw in uh, in most of may when this was one of the better teams in baseball so uh, they got it back at just the right time you know i'm glad you mentioned okay because this is something i've been thinking about is how much the season as a team has mirrored what we've seen from some individuals if that makes sense we've seen you know, guys like Martin and Zanino bounce back from struggles last year we've seen a handful of guys bounce back this year, C-Shack, Aoki, Tom Wilhelmsen, you go down the list, it's pretty amazing to see what guys have gone through that are now producing at such a high level. And there's a number of oh. them. Yeah, and it's it's another one of the themes of this season. I mean, we've seen player development play a bigger role in this year than any role any season in, in recent Mariner history. Mike Zanino was make make no 
bones about it. He was one of the worst hitters in Major League Baseball last year by a pretty significant margin. And we love Mike. We love Mike's defense. We love a lot of his power. We like a lot of his tools. But this team's ability to get him back from that brink. And like you said, Leonis Martin, I mean, we talked a lot about the Franklin Gutierrez trade as being one of the great moments of the Jackson Renzik regime and the parallels you can draw between the Leonis Martin acquisition and the, and the Franklin Gutierrez one are eerie. I mean, one of the first deals that Jerry DePoto made was for an above average defensive center fielder that he basically got for nothing. I mean, that's no disrespect to James Jones, but we traded James Jones, Tom Wilhelmson and um, uh, the minor leaguer whose name is currently slipping my mind right now. Um, But uh, Patrick Kivlehan and, uh, and we got two of them back from the Rangers this year. (laughs) And so it's just incredible to see the way that this team has been able to develop talent in a way that the previous regime just wasn't. And it's been a huge part. Like you said, it's been a huge part of watching these individual stories translate into a larger team focus. It's been really fun. Speaking of fun, it has been so much fun watching Kyle Seeger. And it's been fun because the organization – Obviously drafted by the organization, brought up. We've seen him kind of stair-step every year, but he has busted through to another level this year, in my opinion. He's got career highs all over the board, batting average on base percentage, OPS, slugging, no matter how you slice it. He is having a sensational year. I mean, we could... This that statement could be from 2012 or 13 I know. or 14 I know. or 15. I, I don't know what to say about Kyle because every single year that he's been in the major leagues, we've looked at him and said, hey, that's a really nice year for him. And that may be about as good as he's going I to know. get. And yeah. then he comes back the next year and he just proves us wrong. Right. He's his his ceiling is perpetually higher than we give him credit for. And uh, it's amazing to watch the way this guy has developed. I, I really, you could look back to, uh, I wrote about this last week on the site, uh, 2014 in the middle of the year when uh, former Mariner manager Lloyd McClendon uh, had had a comments on Kyle after Kyle had a good night where he said he's hitting X and X and X and whatever it is. And that's really nice, but Kyle can do better than this. And he was one of the first guys to really be outspoken. And I don't know if that lit a fire under Kyle to say, you know, you're having a nice career. You're having a nice year. You can be better than this. And he really rallied in the second half of 2014, had a really solid year. That's the year he got his contract extension and where the Mariners really decided to invest in him as a corner piece in this franchise's foundation. And my goodness, like he had a great year last year, but he has now for the sixth year, Every single year he's been in the major leagues, he has now set a new career high in home runs. His uh, WRC plus is right there with Cano and Cruz. He plays an above average third base, irregardless of the rise in errors. He is just, I I think I called him the Mariners unicorn. The one (laughs) positional prospect they drafted and developed in the last 10 years that is stuck, has not been traded and has become a legitimate. He's not just a star. This guy is, is since his horrible April, he is, arguably the best third baseman in the American League. That includes Josh Donaldson, Manny Machado, Adrian Beltre, everybody else. He is right there with them. He is one of the very best baseball players in Major League Baseball this year. I totally agree with that. And I think if he would have rolled out just kind of an average April, uh, that he would be potentially in the MVP discussion. I I think his numbers would be right there with the very best in the American League. Yep. 
I completely agree. I, I, however much you appreciate Kyle Seeger, go intentionally look at his stat line tonight, uh, today before the, you go to the game and just think consciously, Kyle Seeger is really good at baseball, and I'm glad he's a Seattle Mariner because he deserves it. I also love the symmetry of five home runs in April, five in May, <laughs> five in June, five in July, five in August, and now four in September. I mean, to me, that just screams Kyle Seeger and his consistency. <laughs> Isn't yeah? Isn't that just Ed? That's Kyle's entire career. He's just he's a mansion that's built over. He's he's like one of those those ancient um, cathedrals in in Europe that took <laughs> generations to build, but it just took time. And every single year they did X amount, X amount, and then lo and behold, you have a masterpiece. Uh, and that's Kyle Seeger. He's a masterpiece at this point, and he was built slowly and regularly. And it's just it's just I, I'm out of superlatives for the guy. Um, he's exceeded every expectation I ever had for him. So it's it's it. I am so happy every single day I get to watch him be a Mariner. One more question for you: If the Mariners are going to find themselves into the postseason, if they're going to find a way to get in, what is the biggest single key for you here down the stretch? <sighs> if we're going to compete in a five-game series with almost any team that they play on Let, let's let's play let's play optimist here they get through the coin flip that is a one game playoff if they get into the wild card because they're not going to win the division let's say they win that and they get into a five game series if they're going to compete with any team it's going to be a challenge and it will get tipped on their ability to match starting pitcher for starting pitcher and we haven't even touched on taiwan walker two nights ago yes. and what a big thing that could be um, the thing with Taiwan has always been his ceiling and the, the ability he has on any given night to be as good a pitcher as anybody in baseball. And he showed that two nights ago, going, throwing a shutout, striking out 11, um, right off of a mechanical change. And I think that's going to be a huge thing. I think that Taiwan's performance, not just in a theoretical playoff, but his performance down the stretch right. will be a huge factor. And whether we even get to that hypothetical that you're talking about, if he has two or three more of anything close to what he showed two nights ago, this team is going to be in a really good position to push for the postseason. No, that's, that's perfect. I asked you, I asked that question poorly because I was asking about the stretch and you answered the question nonetheless that's how good you are with Taiwan Walker and I, I totally agree he's a game changer and then Paxton too if he can give you something down the stretch Miranda now I mean you look at the trade straight up for Miley and Miranda and and what they've been getting from Miranda the last three starts the rotation's remarkable right now it's it's beautiful and it, it's a credit to I, I think that one of the strong points of the Depota regime so far and, and we're still getting to know Jerry from our perspective and, and the way that he works. But one thing we've seen is that this regime is really confident in their ability to uh, analyze players and their performance and they will not wait around if they've decided that somebody is not doing what it is that they're looking for. They're going to cut they're going to go in a different direction. And you saw that with Wade Miley. Um, he underperformed. He wasn't what the pitcher that they thought they were going to get, that they hoped they were going to get. And did they get a superstar? Probably not. Miranda doesn't look like that kind of pitcher. Did they get somebody that looks closer to the approximation of what they thought they were getting from Wade Miley? And did they get him way younger and way, way cheaper? That is exactly what they got. Yeah. And, you know, Baseball is the kind of game that you win brick by brick. You win it small factor by small factor. It takes 
every single guy on that roster to make this work. And having a really useful back-end starter like Miranda, who's capable of going five-plus innings more, more times out than not, has been huge for this team because when they failed, it has been the starting pitching. It's been that implosion that the guy's going two, three innings. So Miranda has been huge. And not only has he been huge this year, he's young and club controlled and projects to be a part of this team, whether it's in a number five rotation spot or a swingman role for years to come. So that trade looks like you said, just really great right now. Absolutely. Well, speaking of great, the site has been great. Lookoutlanding.com all year long. Sensational work. Congratulations to you and your staff, as always. And uh, you've really risen to the occasion here these last couple weeks as well. So it's been a fun read. I know you guys just recorded a podcast tonight, too. Is that, gonna, is that up today as well? Yeah, that okay. should be up this morning, and uh, and yeah, thanks. The, this, you know, we're just trying to rise to the occasion with the team. It's it's like I said, I think the last time I was on, it's a daily pleasure and joy to just figure out ways to write about the things that this team has given us to watch. And the last week plus, it's been. <laughs> Almost historic. I mean, I've watched this team every single day since I was nine, I think, back in uh, in 1990, right after Ken Griffey Jr. broke in. So um, there aren't a lot of times as Mariner fans that we've been in this position. It's been it's been really fun. Yeah, it's been a magical ride. And we'll talk again soon. Who knows what situation the Mariners will be in when we talk again soon. But this has been a fun conversation, a great visit. I look forward to chatting again real soon. I can't wait for it, Gary. It's always so much fun. Thank you very much. Here's the pitch. Swing and a fly ball deep into center field. Desmond to the track, to the wall. Grandma, get out the right bread and mustard. It is grand salami time. Adam Lynn. 3-2 to Kyle. Swung on. Driven deep to right. Giddy up, baby. Gone. Two-run homer. Kyle Seager and the Mariners have extended the lead. You know, we, we've been battling. You know, Hager, Hager gives us a good game plan, and, you know, everybody's getting their work in, and everybody work hard, and everybody cares. So, you know, just continue to grind up. Pitch to Zanino is swung on and clubbed to center field. This is crushed. It is deep. It is gone. See you later, Mike Zanino. Absolutely crushed to center field. A moonshot. Into this dark night sky. Yeah, it was exactly what we needed. Um, I think this is the best all-around ball game we played in a while. We had a great start. The bullpen did a great job, and we scored enough. And I, I thought we did a great job all around. And uh, it's been how we've been playing the last few games. Swing and a miss, and down he goes. A curveball that had Valencia twisting around like he was in the middle of a hurricane. Felix has been rolling. One ball, two strikes. Here's the pitch to Kyle. Swung on and drilled to right field. This one is crushed. It is way back. It is out of here. Over the wall in right field, Kyle Seeger has done it again. His 28th home run of the season, a career high, and he has extended the Mariners' lead. It is all Mariners. Nine to nothing M's. You know, this is a lot of fun and there's a lot of belief here. We're not we're not stressing. That's that's a big thing. That's something that's you know been pretty refreshing. It's been a fun, it's been a really you know clean, enjoyable environment and you know when you when you're having fun you're gonna play better and you know when you're 
play better, you win. So it works out. The 3-2 pitch, fastball, strike three, called. Got him looking on the inside corner. The ball game is over. Sugar with a save, and how sweet it is as the Mariners win it 3-2 over the A's, and they sweep Oakland. Real sugar. The pitch to Robbie. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to right field. Down the line. Calhoun to the wall. Leaps up. Does he make the catch? It's into the seats, and goodbye baseball. Calhoun can't bring this one back. Robbie Cano with his 33rd home run of the season, and that ties his career high. You know, this is a time where, as a hitter, you want to step it up and help the team to win anyway, anyhow, whatever it is. And uh, such a one, as, as a hitter player, you want to help the team to win games. Here's a swing and a fly ball well hit left center field. Mike Trout long run into the gap and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball Ben Gamble with his first home run in the big leagues. You know, we play like a team, you know, put the pieces together and we we fight together, you know. The pitcher doing the job, great job and defense, offense and we do everything, you know. Try to find a way to get a and the 3-1 pitch swing and a towering fly ball deep to left field. High into the night and that baby is gone. Goodbye baseball. Just fair down the left field line. Holy smokes, what a blast by Nelson Cruz. The right-handers 1-1 pitch swing and a drive deep to right field. Grandma get out the right bread and mustard. It is Grand Salami time. Seth Smith's second career Grand Slam. We're just going to have fun. We're going we're gonna to enjoy it. We're going to keep playing ball and playing our best baseball at the right time. And, uh, you know, as the teams get rolling and, you know, the stakes get a little bit higher, we're not looking at it that way. We're just playing and, and guys are doing their job. The pitch to Ortega. Swing, ground ball to short. Up of the ball, Marte. Over to Cano for one. The relay to first in time. And Taiwan Walker has his first shutout in the big leagues and his third complete game. He goes all the way and he blanks the Angels tonight. A final score, an 8 nothing win. You know, the... Uh gave me chill bumps tonight to, to watch him go through this little transformation and uh, to, to embrace the changes that we thought that he needed to make and get a handle on those things and go out and, and pitch against a pretty good lineup. And he just, every inning, just gained confidence. And, uh, man, I'm just so happy for him. The pitch. Swing, a line drive shot, muscled left field of the small wall, and it is over the fence. God, home run. Back-to-back nights for Nelson Cruz. One swing has given the Mariners the lead. It's number 37 for Nelson Cruz, and it's now 2-1 Mariners. The one nothing pitch. Swing and a pop-up into shallow center field. Going out. Marte coming in. Martin. It is going to be Marte. He makes the catch, and the Mariners have now won eight in a row. He is King Felix, and he reigns supreme. One-two pitch, swing and a miss. Oh, did he get tied up? That was dirty from Felix. Barton with a Looney Tune swing. All-star, Tory Hunter. There's not a one player in this league that likes facing Felix. He is one of the nastiest, if not the nastiest pitcher in Major League Baseball. He can get you to swing and miss with that changeup. He's scary. It's not fun. It's uncomfortable every time. The King, holy smoke, has been outstanding, and his Palace tonight is Safe Gold Field. Hall of Fame pitcher Jim Palmer. Well, 
the hitters don't have much of a chance. Uh, you know, I mean, he does everything that you want to do. He throws a lot of strikes. He throws a lot of sinkers. He can strike you out if he needs to. Swing and a miss. Strike three. A changeup at 90 miles an hour. 15 punch shots for Felix Hernandez today. He has dangled that carrot in front of the Rays all day long, and they have tried to take a bite each and every time. Hall of Fame pitcher Dennis Eckersley. How he walks to the mound. I mean, he is so confident, man. He has got it going on. <laughs> he really does, and for good reason. I mean, that's half of it. It's showtime, man, when he's when he's pitching. Swing and a miss, strike three, and there it is. Strikeout number 233 on the season. A new career high for Felix Hernandez, king of the hill. Silver Slugger Award winner Tim Savage. And I was 0-2 before you could blink an eye with two fastballs that were by me. <laughs> And so, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll get my two-strike approach here. And then he snapped off a slider and it buckled me like I'd never been buckled before. And he struck me out on three pitches and I walked back to Butch. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Nearly 40,000 in the Kings court, bobbing up and down the pitch. Strike three called. He got him at 93 miles an hour. And count him up. Ten strikeouts for the King tonight against the A's. Hall of Fame pitcher. Don Sutton. I saw a guy last night that has been outstanding, and we may not have seen the best yet with four pitches that he can make dart and dive and go faster and go slower. He is a complete pitcher, and I think he pitches with a quiet joy. Here's the one-two on its way, swing and a miss, and down he goes. Turn Flaherty into a pretzel as he swings through another nasty change. That is punch out number 10 for the King, and he is rolling. And look at him walk off the mound to a standing ovation here at Safeco Field. Infielder Steve Tollison. You know, we found out firsthand, you know, why they call him the King and why, you know, he is as good as he is. And his changeup was uh, pretty tough to pick up. Swing and a miss, strike three, a changeup. A venomous changeup at 90 miles an hour. Cy Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. The last 12 to 14 inches before it gets to the plate, it's literally like someone uh, steps on the ball, you know, and it goes straight down. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Got him with that changeup. And there is strikeout number eight for the King. They're jumping up and down in that left field corner at King's Court tonight. All-star manager and coach Larry Bowen. I wouldn't want to play that team in a one-game playoff with 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 King Felix over there. <laughs> I don't care how good you think your team is. He can shut down any offense. And Felix, like a cat, is batting around this ball of yarn that tonight is the Angels lineup. All-star and broadcaster Ray Fossey. But Felix Hernandez, when he first joined the Mariners, I remember the guys were saying, oh, no. He's in the same division. We're going to see him a lot. It's going to be nice to watch him go in the Hall of Fame as a Seattle Mariner. He can pass now Tom Seaver on the all-time list. His 14th consecutive start going at least seven innings and allowing two runs or fewer. And history might have just been made. All-star and coach Don Bailey. It's like maybe hitting off on Nolan Ryan or somebody like that. That, you know, they get ahead of you. Then all of a sudden they start mixing it up and... I don't want him to do that. Fans on their feet waving those K cards around. Felix with three strikeouts tonight. The windup and the 0-2 to Fultz. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Make it four strikeouts for the King. ESPN's Jason Stark. There are really two pitchers who are on a Hall of Fame track. One is Clayton Kershaw. The other is Felix. And if you ask me who is closer, it's got to be Felix, doesn't it? He's 28 years old. uh, Already won a Cy Young. Seems like he's clearly going to win a second Cy Young. I mean, Felix is clearly as good as it gets in this sport. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. 
as the King racks up his ninth strikeout tonight. His changeup looks like, you ever seen the cartoon Bugs Bunny when he was on the mound <laughs> and he throws it and the guys are like, one, two, three, you're out. One, two, three, you're out. That's what it looks like. <laughs> one, two, three strikes, you're out. One, two, three strikes, you're out. One, two, three strikes, you're out. I'm one of the few who can count myself very lucky to get to play with a player who I will look back when I'm an old man and tell other people that I had a chance to play with him, much like other people do with probably guys like Nolan Ryan and, and those guys. I mean, this guy is that kind of player. All hail the king. Here's the ovation for the king. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.